Do I make you horny, baby? Oh, my God. <laughs> nope, nope, I can't do it. No way, I can't. I just can't do it. I refuse to even sink that low for a joke at the beginning of this show. So, forget it. Uh, we're talking 1968 horror on this episode of Tag a Killer Podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Peace, love, dope. I'm Insane Mike, and you're, I'm your groo- your groovy host here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Uh, this is the Psychedelic Episode 191, and we are talking about horror movies from 1968 in this episode. Um, if you have not listened to the show before, that's a huge bummer, man. Um, <laughs> we are a far-out podcast where a bunch of hippies get together and like chill as we talk about horror movies within a certain topic. So, don't have a cow, man, as there may be spoilers. Now, Attack of the Killer podcast is part of a tranquil community of other peace and, peace and loving podcasters on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. <laughs> the Prescribed Films Podcast Network is a far-out groovy network full of funky and awesome shows. So, check it out, man. Oh <laughs> Go to thepfpn.com to listen to all the shows. That is thepfpn.com. At this time, I would like to mention our sponsor, Shudder. Shudder is a gnarly streaming service for us horror fans. Like $4.99 a month, man, or $49.99 a year. Trust me, it's far out. <laughs> Bitchin' classic horror movies, groovy original content, series, and so much more. Uh, you can get a hit on us from Attack of the Killer podcast if you just type in the promo code AOTKP. And you'll get a full month for free, man. Far out! Now you too can join our circle of love by joining our Patreon. If you go to Patreon and check out our different tiers, you can pick one that best suits you and get all kinds of awesome, groovy, extra content, such as bonus episodes, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten list, bonus videos, and so much more. So if you go to Patreon.com, check us out at AOTKP, and become an attacker today. So that's enough of that nonsense. It's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. A hippie told him to hang loose, and ever since then he stopped wearing underwear. Andy Wassum, everybody. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Just hopping on this magic bus here. <laughs> he tried to save the hippie from drowning in the ocean, but he was far he was too far out, man. Tad good, everyone. Oh. Oh. Uh. Oh well, he says. <laughs> <laughs> he thought free, thre- he thought free love meant he didn't have to pay for it anymore. Jason Bollinger, hey, it's worth the shot. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. And now our very special guest from In the Mic of Madness, Triple B Theater, and SOBs who love SOV, and just so happens to be one of those female people I've heard so much about. The one and only Rebecca Reinhardt. <laughs> That's right. I don't wear a bra and I'm rocking my bell bottoms. Nice. Groovy. Yeah, groovy. <laughs> Very groovy. So, Becca, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your shows? You, you guys are pretty busy over there. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, the main reason I'm on here is because I am the um, half of In the Mic of Madness. So we are a podcast on the PFPN. Um, but I also have a YouTube channel called Triple B Theater that I do with Jason Crow. Um, and we are, we, we just act like idiots. We sit in the hot tub, drink beer and talk about horror movies. Um, and then we have a spinoff of In the Mic of Madness now, the SOBs who love SOBs. So I like to say we are like the different strokes to the In the Mic of Madness's facts of life. <laughs> um, or I guess it's vice versa. So, you know, um, so Slade Shepard and I love shot on video stuff. And so we're only a couple episodes in, but, uh, we, we've, we've got some good stuff coming up. Yes. I'm loving the show. Cause I too, am a huge fan of stuff shot on movies that are shot on video. So, okay. So I'll give you a couple little, uh, teasers here then. So we are going to be doing an interview with Tim Ritter and hopefully Ooh. we're going to be doing it on set on one of the shorts that he's working on so that we can get killed by him and then do the interview in makeup. Awesome. So, oh, very cool. Oh yeah. Cool. He lives, he lives in Lexington, Kentucky, which isn't too, too far from where Jason Crow lives. So <laughs> he invited us to his farm somebody's farm apparently so if i don't show back up it's because tim Ritter killed me <laughs> yeah you're not making it off that place <laughs> do you do you have do you have like a particular favorite shot on video movie or maybe a particular favorite film director of well, shot on video nonsense this was one of those things where i i was the kind of kid who had lived in a very small town and we just happened to have a video store where the guy was very into horror and I would rent a lot of movies and it got to the point where I was renting the bottom of the barrel. Like I'd seen everything. So then I started renting these movies that were just like, I mean, really like not terrible, but by most standards would be terrible. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of these movies in, you know, 20, 30 years. So I'm revisiting a lot of them, but as I've kind of, gone back through to sort of figure out what we want to watch and um, what we want to do. I think the one that just really stands out to me is video violence too. Oh like, yeah. It is, it is crazy. I mean, video violence one as well, but I mean, I just remember watching video violence too. And I almost like had PTSD <laughs> the first time I rewatched that. I was like, Oh my God, like how many times did I watch this and why did I watch this? But I love it. So yeah, and they always had the coolest box covers too, which was yes. Once you once you once you get to that point where you're renting so much of this stuff, you kind of realize the cooler the box cover may not necessarily mean the cooler the movie, but but uh, it still never it still never stopped me. But I would say my oh, favorite director in general, um, only I I love his stuff, but only because he's also a really good friend, and that's Todd Sheets. So he is oh, kind of yeah. the granddaddy of all SOV. So. He's an awesome guy as well. So, awesome, very, very cool. Yes, I can't wait for more episodes. I just got done recently listening to the five five five. Oh yeah, episode. That was a, that was a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. I had that is that is the only one of the ones we've talked about doing that I hadn't seen before. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, All right. right. Thanks for being on yeah, our thanks show. Thanks for being on the show. This is awesome. No problem. Thanks Apologies for picking. in advance. What? Yeah, I was going to say thanks for picking three <laughs> wonderful films. But <laughs> Don't <laughs> lie. Yeah. 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 Two, out, two out of three were good yep. to me. So. 
Interesting. All right. Yeah. Which ones, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> exactly. We'll only get there in a couple hours from now. Cut. Because first, we're going to turn it over to Tad for his segment. All right. Let's just go right into what we watched, where we talk about what we've watched since the last time we recorded. Let's start with Jason and just get it over with. Yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw scary stories to tell in the dark. Anyone see that yet? Yes. I yeah. I did. Yep. I, I really liked it. Yeah. I don't know why there's it, hate out there, but... There's hate out there? I thought I, it was pretty solid. There yeah. were some genuine poopy pants moments. Yeah, for it sure. Looks really cool. It looks really cool. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Yeah. I, I I just generally liked how it, it was structured. I mean, it wasn't really like bookended like you see like typical anthology films because I thought that's what it was going to be. It was basically the it was stories being told within an actual just regular story. You know, it's not like Tales from the Dark Side where the kid opens the book and then you just you know you cut to you know straight to the story. It was very just, much like tales from, like the old tales from the crypt, like the '72 one, where it's like the people, yeah. the people who were in the stories were actually the people who were in the wraparound. Like it was a little more like that kind of hybrid. I thought. Yeah. I thought it was inventive. I liked it. I grew up on those books, so I. Was I still have out. mine. I, I, yeah. I read. I read all of them before I went to go see the movie. So. Well, that's cool. Cause I, research. I, I was the opposite. I had zero reference. I read not one word of them books. I didn't even know about them. I oh. didn't. I didn't have any reference at all. So I just okay, enjoyed the I movie. Ask you yeah. a, can I ask you a question then? Yeah. Okay, because I've done actually. I did two podcasts. <clears throat> the weekend this came out, I did my podcast, and then I also did Fresh Cuts with some of the guys from Horophilia, and. Um, we all had grown up reading the books, or at least had some kind of reference to them. And I said, I want to know, somebody who hasn't ever read the books, did you find the creature design, like, especially of, like, the kind of marshmallowy lady in the hallway, did you find that, like, cheesy, or did you find that frightening? Creepy as fuck. All right, cool. Because I didn't know if... I, I, I didn't know if somebody would look at that, like, from a modern perspective and be right. like, you know... But really, I mean, she that, that was really like, she jumped off the page. And that used to be so frightening as a kid. That oh. character in particular. Yeah, that segment could, scared the hell out of that, me. I thought that segment had the most to do with uh, Del Toro, if you ask me. That seemed more, like he had more of his hands in that. Probably. Because, I mean, it just looks like kind of like one of his designs to me. Yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, yeah. Next, uh, trying to. <clears throat> I've just been hearing about this movie a lot lately, and I need to needed to watch it to fill out my De Palma, so Mike would leave me alone. But I finally watched Blowout. About damn time! That was fucking yeah. awesome. I love, 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 loved it. It was so good. John Lithgow, not just Freaking John Lithgow. And I mean, I connected to it on lots of levels, but like, I'm an audio guy. Yeah. So it's so cool to see a movie about audio an guys. Audio guy, yeah. It never happens. We don't get movies. <laughs> so it was so awesome to have a movie and like representation. I know. And I'm like, I'm like not only watching it, but like 
looking at the gear, and when he's in the <laughs> studio, I'm like, oh, it's that machine. Oh, it's that microphone. Oh, you know, but but so, it also made sense to me on a technical, professional level sure, too. Yeah. So it was great. And so, like, were you did, were you really into that scene then when he's do, recording the? Uh, the Foley noises of like the owl and all that oh, stuff. Fuck yeah, you know when he's how it's moving the microphone around. Cha- yeah, yep. uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like that's my life on set half the time is is boom guy and recording sound and so I loved it. I got and di- it was good. I go through different levels with my love of De Palma and I think <clears> like <throat> I think I'm getting to the point where where um you know that movie may take the number one spot. It could. It really could. I I agree completely. Uh, and then I uh, I watched I saw I just rewatched Land of the Dead. It was on, so I just watched it again. Oh, nice. And that was still really great. I watched a bunch of not horror, so maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Widows. I finally watched that. The Mule. Those were both on HBO. Then I went into like an A twenty four stretch. I couldn't get yeah, out of. I, wa- I finally watched Good Time. Fuck yeah! Because I wanted you know Jimmy Walker. Nope. Um, because Robert Pattinson, uh, you know, got me really excited with the lighthouse, and then I'm hearing everyone's like, "Fuck the Twilight stuff." This dude's really good, and I'm like, "I believe that he is." And so, and and they're like, "Well, then watch Good Time, and you'll know." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, he's so good in that." Yeah, you're on the hype train now, aren't you? Totally. And then, so so speaking with the. So keeping with the white trash A24 theme, then I watched the the Florida Project. So nice, fucking that's a good. Sad one. Oh man, so sad, but so good. Then Free Fire. Holy shit, that was fucking awesome. You would love it because it's kind of one location. It's like a dozen characters in a shootout in oh, one nice. room. It's really neat. Sweet. Ocean's Eight. Finally watched that. Anyway, and then I went and saw Ready or Not. Holy shit, that was yeah. good! Yes, so Bye. good, right? Fucking rich people. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, everyone loved it. Deal. Yeah, yeah. I've not heard one person say anything bad about it. Nope. Good. And then uh, um, a couple more. Oh yeah, I forgot this A twenty four one horror one. The hole in the ground. I skipped over it like a thousand times, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna push the button." Because like, it's it's it seemed really generic, but it turned out to be pretty cool. The hole in the ground. I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely on Prime. But it's um, yeah. There's a hole in the ground. Some shit gets weird. You lose a mom loses her kid. Maybe it's not the same kid that comes back. Oh. And it's uh, but but it's shot super well. It's uh, the cinematography's great, and um, it really what? leads to well, its storytelling. Of course, it's an A twenty four movie. You right. just described every A twenty four movie. Some weird shit happens, and it's shot beautifully. Yep, that's an A twenty four movie. <laughs> and that's and that's why I regret not pushing play sooner. So yeah, it's great. And uh, then it's either one star or nine stars for the most part. <laughs> yep. And then uh, I'm also super excited. I, um, we have a Roku here at the house, and if you have a Roku, there's like a generic, the Roku app, and uh, on there, you, there's like free movies and TV shows and stuff. And it was on there for a while, and then it was gone. But now it's back, and I watched episode one 
incident on and off a mountain road. Of the Masters nice. of Horror. That's nice. Master of Horror. Oh, the Don Cassarelli one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one. And goddamn, That's a great one. lot of fun. So that was my first, I, and I haven't seen any of the Masters of Horror yet. What? I know, right? Because I'm Watch a terrible a, person. But Watch I, ha- I will, I will. They're yes. all on there. I'm just gonna go. In, <laughs> I'm just gonna go in a row. And watch them all. Cool. I'm really excited about it. There's but. a lot from um, ser- uh, season two that I still have not seen. Probably most of from season two, but uh, but man, yeah, incident on and off a mountain road. That's probably one of my really favorites. Good. Between that and Jennifer, those are my top two. Nice. Um, What's the one? Cigarette, uh, cigarette burns. Yeah, that's really up there too. John Carpenter's. Yeah, we got to do a whole like episode or two or three on that series alone. Yeah, we well, should, let me, really should. Let me get done with it first, and well, know, yeah, that that will, that will give you motivation and get me to rewatch them again because I own them all on DVD, then rebought them all on Blu-ray. So, <laughs> well, they're free on the Roku channel right now <laughs> and then mike and i watch the tv show but uh, i assume he doesn't have a lot so i'll give it to him segue i'll hand the baton to mike how's that all right mike what did you watch <laughs> jason is correct i haven't watched a whole lot lately um what that. i have watched is uh jason and i marathoned what we what we do in the shadow series the tv series. hell okay. yeah it's on hulu now it's on hulu watched now the second episode Fuck. of that today oh Fucking so day. funny so good. So funny. Oh, my it, god! It starts off a little slow, but it, it really, like, three or four episodes in, really starts to kick ass once they've established all the characters. Yeah, once you kind of get, once you once they establish the characters, you kind of get in, especially um, um, Guillermo. 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 I can never say it right. Um, he's been your favorite from the beginning. Well, him <laughs> and, um, I forget the I forget the character's name, but the uh, energy vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Colin, Colin Robinson. Yes, <laughs> he he's heads down my favorite character on the show, but I definitely have a so- soft spot for uh, for Gamil. But it's just as good as the movie. <laughs> it is. Which one and you have so a hard spot and, for? And I was Ant. what? <laughs> I said, which one do you have a hard spot for? Oh, I have a hard spot for. I just yeah, it's a medical condition. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, when I was worried at first, when I started watching the first episode, I'm like, these are none of the characters in the movie, you know. Yeah. But it didn't. It it doesn't matter. It's they they're all super funny and still, it's a great show. And I won't give too much away since you're only on episode one there, Andy. But um, episode two today. I mean, but okay. I agree with you. You do warm up to these new characters really quick. I mean, it's not it's not a big deal. At least it wasn't to me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the werewolves come back at one point, which is cool. And um, my, my my favorite is what was it? The second to last episode where they go on all trial. The cameos. The, the cameo the, all the amazing cameos. Holy hell! So, so good. crazy good. Anyway, that's that's all I've had chance. That's to watch. it. Just that. I, I it's was, been four weeks since we recorded. I was gone. I was gone all of last week for conference for work so unless you want me to talk about video game trailers then yes that is all i've watched all right well let's give uh the baton over to becca what did you watch uh well okay so i guess i'm just gonna go with my last week since i've never talked to you guys (laughs) um so this past weekend i was at days of the dead in louisville Mm. Um, oh cool so i've actually well since then, I've even watched movies. So when we got back, 
Um, we actually watched uh, to prepare for the Joker, Falling Down, and The King of Comedy last night. I had never seen The King of Comedy. Um, 1982, Robert De Niro. It's uh, basically Joker is supposed to be a modern retelling of that show of that movie, and it was fabulous. Um, and then uh, also watched the Ben Splits movie. Did anyone else watch that? Yep, just watched it last night. I was underwhelmed. I, I had high expectations, though. Yeah. And everybody else that I know loved it, and I just didn't, I couldn't get into it. But, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but at the con, I actually watched a movie called Angel that's just making the circuit right now. It's from Tori Jones and Sean Burkett from Don't Fuck in the Woods. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, it that was solid movie it's about like a feral a feral little girl uh running around the forest killing people and uh the little girl was actually there she's about 10 maybe 11 years old and there was a guy dressed up like twisty the clown from american horror story and she would not walk out in the hallway um unless her sisters went out and cleared the hallway and made sure that twisty wasn't there even though she was playing this murderous like feral child in this movie. <laughs> so that that was a good one so if you get a chance to watch that one um, watched uh, 100 Tears from Marcus Cook That'll be for my podcast and, Oh that's a good uh, one Yeah really good one um, I don't know I've watched a lot So I'm, I'm passing it back to you guys But those, those are the main ones that I can remember for Over the last week Okay well Andy what did you watch well, I've I've got a bit of a, a bit of a stack here, but I'll just tell you what. Um, I'll just tell you the good the good stuff. I mean, I watched Glow season three. Oh Got yes, yeah. I, I, I'm still working on that one. I I freaking me and me and the wife we we love that we love that show. Uh, I got yeah I I can't say enough good things about it. I of course went to Ready or Not, and I also. Uh, at the same day I watched Ready or Not, I also watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, like, Yay. you know, basically spent, like, you know, seven hours in this theater. It was crazy. Um, today I uh, I sat down and I watched uh, Hellbenders. Have you guys ever heard of that? Uh, basically, it, what it's about, it's this uh, certain group of priests that have been excommunicated but they kind of work under the Vatican, but he- here's their deal. Uh, that exorcisms is all they do, but basically they have to be very, very sinful and very, very, you know, nasty. They have to break, like, all the seven sins. So in order, if they kill themselves, basically they're able to take the demon to hell with them if, it, if push comes to shove. So that's what makes this movie kind of hilarious because they're doing bong rips, they're drinking, and they're screwing. And <laughs> um, But, like, Clancy Brown, uh, who, uh, let's see, did you guys ever see Carnival, mm-hmm. the, the, the TV show? Okay, yeah, he plays, like, the head priest in this, and he's just, like, they're st- they want to shut him down. And I won't spoil the movie because I think you guys should see it. They're trying to shut him down, and then they say, you know, he's, and he's cussing all the time, just, like, I mean... Uh, Clancy Brown calls this guy everybody cocksucker all the time, and he's like the head <laughs> priest. Uh, he just goes and he says to this one guy, like from the church, he says, "Don't you talk to me about you know vanity, you cocksucker." And then he walks off and he says, he just stomps off like into another room and he just goes, "Shit, 
shit and piss. And he just, that's all he said. And it's the funniest damn part of the movie. Just the way just, he stomps off like a petulant child. It's like, piss. Piss and shit. Anyway, moving on. Um, I finished the second season of The Strain, which... Uh, I think is still really good. I just love what they do with you know the vampire myth and all that, all this and that. Um, does anybody else uh, here watch? I don't think Tad does. Not I, me. I, I finished about. I think I finished the first season. Never bothered with the second. Oh, okay. I think the second season, you know, it, it discovers more of like uh, that the history of it and everything because they're looking for this this book and you know other play other characters come into play there's a guy that's basically kind of like blade um but he's like the master's half uh human son and so basically he can walk out rock around during the day so now that they've now they have another hunter and but yeah i mean i think it only went three seasons but i'll probably buy the next season because i just want to finish the story so (laughs) Uh, anyways, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Strange second season. Um, I also uh, bought Brightburn, which I really enjoyed. Have you guys oh, had a chance to see that? Yeah, oh, Salt and Theaters is awesome. Great. Oh yes, uh, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, to me, my my mind went straight to the boys. This could be the origin yes. story for Homelander, hands yes. down. Yes. And, you know, that's what uh, my co-host and I both said, is that the way that Homelander opened that door is the way the kid should have done it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Banks, um, all, you know, she was great in it, I thought. Uh, just, and how conflicted the dad was when he, you know, because, I mean, he raised him as his own son. He tried to, you know, instill the virtues that his parents did into him. But, you know, just like how conflicted he was when he had to shoot him, which it didn't really do anything anyway. But, uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it turns out he did pull a Homelander on his dad because he burned his eyes out just like the way yeah. he did the shoe. So, um. Little bit of uh, lower budget here. Have you get? I watched Homesick with uh, Bill Mosley and Tiffany Shepis. Have you guys ever heard of this movie? No, the Synapse no. Films. Um, uh, basically, it's a bunch of meth head um, rednecks, but their point their their party gets interrupted by this by this uh, Mister. They call him Mr. Teeth or something. Um, anyway, it, it's not important, but it's basically, it's Bill Mosley. He comes in there, he sits down in this party, and he opens up this suitcase, and it's just full of razor blades, right? And these people are, like, freaking out, like, what are you doing in this house? And he's just like, well, who do you hate? And he's just like, you. I'm like, well, that's too easy. Who do you hate? And he's just like, it's basically, in order to get him out of the house, these people just say, like, who do you hate? And he starts cutting himself with this razor blades. And eventually, he just he just leaves with all these cuts up, up on, on his arms. But soon, everybody that they hated end up end up dying by this you know unknown assailant. And uh, but the last guy said he said he hates everybody in this room. So all the other people start you know dying these horrible horrible deaths. But. Uh, Truth be told, even though it's got, you know, Tom Towles, Tiffany Sheffis, and Bill Mosley, 
it's not that great. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I, I did it for the names. Plus, you know, I really like Bill Mosley and Tiffany Shep. I like all everybody in it. It's just that the story, not so great. I mean, I won't tell you not to watch it because you might really like it. But then again, I'll sit down and watch anything once. Kind of like one of the movies in our podcast that we're going to tackle tonight. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Dog with uh, Dennis Leary and Elizabeth Hurley because it actually has one of the chicks from uh, uh, Glow in it. And she plays a chick with a dick, which was interesting. Uh, it's the chick who plays Melrose. She's actually in this. And uh, it's basically about a guy who thinks he's going to inherit, you know, all this money. But all he has to do in order to do it, he has to get uh, eight women to uh, accept his apology because, basically, he was a dog to them. But he's, like, slept with, like, hundreds of women. But not bad. I mean, I like Dennis Leary, so... It's worth checking out. Next up, I had the dark tapes, and uh, basically uh, lower, lower budgets. Uh, the only—it's uh, been a while since I've seen this, but basically the only one that I, the only uh, story that I can remember because it's an anthology one. I uh, this couple is starting having like you know paranormal stuff going on and around in their house, and they hire this team, and. Basically, it's a setup so the husband and wife and their daughter can just murder this uh, paranormal investigation team. And they show their daughter how to commit murders, which I thought was, like, really, really freaking gnarly. But, yeah, dark tapes. It's worth a watch. Cool. Next one is Silent Retreat. It's another uh, lower-budget one, but it was actually pretty good. It's basically about this home for uh girls you know with behavioral problems but it's all run by men but there's no like you know rapey uh stuff like that they said basically the rules are you know you don't talk you don't do anything you can't listen to music you, you and you can't do any of this stuff but it's basically um these women, these young women are sent here to be uh, basically brainwashed into being like the perfect wives for men. They have to be completely complacent. But there's a bunch of other spooky th other things going on. If, they're, if the women aren't able to be conditioned, they basically get fed to something in the forest. But the forest basically comes back and eats and kills everybody, if that's how I remember it. But interesting. Silent Retreat. And for the last shit bomb, and this is on <laughs> VHS, this is shot on video. And uh, I won't go into how I acquired this. It's from one of my tape trading buddies that I met online. But this movie was filmed in 1986, shot on video in DeSoto, Missouri. And it's called Justice Ninja Style, because everybody knows that there's <laughs> roving gangs of ninjas at, in the Show Me State, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, this is some next-level Ed Wood, Manos, Hands of Fate type shit. Um, I'll give you it's, my address. You can send it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, the... Uh, uh it, it, it's a movie. Um, 
Ninja style. Uh, wow. Well, um, yes, yes. You know, uh, you know, dot dot ninja style. Uh, basically, a guy, a karate student, gets framed for a murder that was done by a cop because this chick wouldn't, you know, go out with. So they pin the murder on this 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 jogger nearby who actually happens to be a karate student. But eventually, this ninja in DeSoto, Missouri, uh, ends up breaking him out of jail and helping him and. Uh, basically, he's a descendant from a Japanese family that, um, you know, immigrated there to Missouri, and that's all I can. That's all I can really, you know, give away about this. And the dialogue, uh, basically, uh, I could shove a sharpie up my butt and then wiggle onto a brown paper sack and, you know, pin you a better script, but. Uh, Prove it. Dude, well, that's how I. <laughs> oh. That's actually how I write all my. Oh, stuff. okay. You can, yeah. Um, explains the smell. Yes. <laughs> Punches. It's like Sex Panther. Um, no. Uh, yes, Justice Ninja style. But he did send me a copy of Slime City, which I need to watch sometime soon. So. It almost sounds like Miami Connection without the charm and without the Dragon Sound Band or something. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to see that, actually. Oh, that's great. You've that never seen Miami great. Connection? Oh, I, my God. I have not. But Justice Ninja Style may be... It, it's, it's, there's no way I could get rid of this movie. Because it's like, <laughs> just, to say that, just to say that I own this, I mean, just... Wow. <clears throat> Manhunt for a Ninja back in 86 in uh, DeSoto, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's that all outbreak. I got. Yep. All right, Tad, will you watch? Well, I have actually, not, not a huge list, but, you know, I never come with a huge list. I saw Ready or Not in the theaters, loved it. Saw Scary Tales yep. in, the sto- in uh, theaters, really like that. Um, I watched the Banana Splits movie. I thought it started... <laughs> Interesting, and then got very predictable and pretty boring. Aww. Uh, I have yeah. such high hopes for that. I, I know it's sci-fi, but yeah. the concept is like so th- it, I, so thrilling to me. Man. Never well, heard I of didn't, it. No, it, it, don't they know. don't explore it enough. Right. It didn't just, bother it, me. Like it didn't. It wasn't because of you know. I didn't even really notice the sci-fi channel production but that isn't what hurt at all is the story wise like they didn't do much with it that's a that's a huge bummer to me because i just love the idea of taking like a sid and marty croft property and instead of doing like a modern remake of it like like land of the lost yeah. or dying a girl um uh instead of doing that just just taking like these big lovable animal characters and making it a horror movie and does thought the concept was so cool it could have been any characters it really right. could have they really did not use the banana splits and the other thing that i hear people say they're like oh it's so gory no it's not every single kill was a cutaway and that drives me insane uh, i hate that they have a little yeah there's there's a few scenes but it's not like any more than you see in most horror movies, if anything less. I think people were expecting it to, because it's the uh, it's like a sci-fi production that it would not have much at all. So maybe in their mind they're like, "Man, this is a lot for a sci-fi movie." But 
like you said, it is it's sort of a waste to have them call the banana splits because it doesn't outside of the characters and the theme song, they don't really explore on it at all. It could, like you said, it could just be generic mascots. Yeah. Uh, and I got very bored, like probably about halfway through when the, uh, when it shit should have gone, started going down. I got bored at the wrong spot. I liked the buildup and then I'm like, Oh, this isn't paying off anywhere. Uh, but you yep. know, it's only it's not even like an hour and a half. It's like one of those eighty minute movies, so it's it's you know, check it out on your own. Don't listen, you know, don't just go by my judgment. You're gonna check it out anyways, but, yeah. but get it in Redbox. Don't pay six dollars for video on demand like I did. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, still wanna, I still wanna check it out. And if it's as bad as you yeah. guys say, I'll hold out for maybe possibly them doing a horror version of HR Puff and stuff. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that would, would not be awesome. take much. <laughs> yeah, I know that, that, that concept is like horrific as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so oh, I feel like people like uh, watched it with Nikki, and she'd never heard of Banana Splits, and she was just sort of like, "What is this?" And without even having any connection to it, she was like really not liking it. You know, she was <laughs> just sort of like, "This is just like dumb." I'm like, like as a TV horror, you know, made for TV horror movie. I'm like, yeah. You know, if, if you really have no connection, then it's really, like, there's not even that nostalgia to it or the novelty of these characters uh, doing evil things. So, I don't know how many people that they're marketing towards actually know what the banana splits are. And I, <laughs> I, the most interesting part of it to me was, like, how did they get the rights to use these characters in such a manner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, how no, did they... Sid Marty Hannah Cro- and Barbera are both dead. <laughs> I guess so that's like their their estate is just like as long as you pay us, like we don't care. Like I mean, it just seems like uh, an odd choice. I mean, it's it's such a cool idea when it was announced, and then it just did sort of no pun intended laid an egg. But um, I'm kind of curious too of like the behind the scenes of the movie too, because Sid and Marty Croft are very very tight with their properties so well that's what i'm saying is like i don't get why they allowed this to happen and then if they're going to you know go all out and they they really didn't just sort of it was like we're just we're just buying the theme song and the look of the mascots but outside of that there's no real backstory to it it doesn't really explain the the origin of these of banana splits like nothing it's sort of like goes in with you assuming that assuming that you know this these characters already and you you're familiar with the tv show yeah and remember that was a collaboration between sid and marty croft and hannah barbera so it could be oh. that the pieces that they have were the things <clears throat> that hannah barbera were willing to sell over to them that could very well be yeah that's true yeah. um yeah and not not that there was any origins to those characters i mean that show is just basically no. it was just like a skit comedy show just people dressed up as like big yeah. dogs and shit so yeah it was just like it was like the monkeys but for kids yeah i mean yeah okay well <laughs> another one i watched was a documentary called hail satan and it's it has a question mark at the end so it's hail satan and uh has anyone else seen this one <laughs> i'm rob burgundy <laughs> it's the uh, it's a documentary about the rise of the satanic temple, and it's very interesting because it sort of follows the leader and how he went after. I think it's in Little Rock, Arkansas. They had a statue at their Capitol building of the Ten Commandments. So he raised money through the internet and did all the right legal moves and went after them to put up 
a satanic uh, statue of, I think it's like Biebo, or I'm trying to remember the character's Baphomet. name. Baphomet? Yes, and they, they got like a professional sculptor to this humongous bronze sculpture with like a little kid at his knee, and it's so awesome, and basically like went to every you know, city council meeting, every, they, they took it to the press. They went all out to get this, uh, statue at the city hall or, uh, the Capitol building because, you know, they thought it was, you know, with se- separation of church and state, you can't have, you can't have one and deny another religion. And, uh, very interesting documentary because people, uh, like this whole thing started as not necessarily a pro Satan, uh, church movement it was actually just anti-organized religion really it's it's uh these guys don't actually worship satan in any way they don't believe in satan they don't believe in god they don't believe they're they're atheists who just believe in equality of all um beliefs and religions so they were doing it just to sort of spite the uh super religious people that wanted to this statue up there and it's it's on hulu it's very good it's very interesting Mm. uh because the way they, it's not just a bunch of idiots in black shirts and long hair, like, being assholes. These guys are going about it the right way, and they're doing it, and they're very open about why they're doing it. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's very, it's, My yeah, lights it's, are... It's very good. Hail so, Satan? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. It's on, it's on Hulu. <laughs> just got uploaded. Awesome, I'll check uh, that out. Another one I watched was not not necessarily horror, but very good. Was called Family. I don't know if you guys have seen this uh, mm-hmm. from 2018. It's I don't even know what you'd call it. It's, it's definitely a comedy. I guess just a straight comedy. But it has Taylor Schilling from Orange Is the New Black and The Prodigy. Um, she's like a sort of a very very busy um, career driven middle-aged woman who's spent her whole life trying to get ahead in her career despite um she never makes friends never has boyfriends just sort of works all the time to make it further and you know make more money get more success and one day her brother calls and says we need somebody to watch our daughter and we don't have anyone else so you have to watch her overnight and that overnight turns into a week and uh it turns out like their daughter is a teenager and she's sort of going through some shit and she befriends some juggalos. <laughs> and, uh, so, oh, it's, that old story that way. And, you know, not to, I'm not, I almost spoil the movie, but it, it starts the movie's first opening shot spoils, doesn't necessarily spoil, but it, it is the, the very opening shot is this very last shot. And basically this kid ends up at the gathering of the juggalos and they have to go to try to find her. And it's it's sort of at some point makes fun of the juggalos, but then sort of shows like that you shouldn't judge people by their looks or by what they listen to. It sort of uh, shows that you know these people accepted this daughter who was having a hard time fitting into school and stuff. She's having a hard time getting bullied at school, and she found these juggalos that accepted her. And it was it's sort of uh, you know nice, but it's so goddamn funny has Kate McKinnon in it, Alice Tolman. It's very, very, very funny. And it's called uh, what? It's called Family. Family. Yeah, and it was, it did a lot of, you know, uh, AFI Fest, South by Southwest. It did a lot of, it had a good festival run. It's a little indie movie. And uh, we were laughing hysterically at it. It has, you know, actually has Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope. It has, the you know, it's... They were well aware it was being made, so it doesn't just make fun of Juggalos. Uh, but 
God damn, is it so funny? It's, I mean, her <laughs> Taylor Schilling. I didn't know she was so funny. She is absolutely a monster in this movie and sarcastic. Everybody in her office hates her. She's such a bitch, but she's so funny. Oh man, like we were crying, we were laughing so hard last night. We just saw it, you know, on online and just let's watch that on a whim, and it was so good. And where is Wait. it? You say? Um, I'm not sure where th- this one might be on Hulu also. Cool. So yeah, and um, let's see. I think another thing I was watching, I started is I'm late to the the party, but uh, the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell on Netflix. Has anybody know. watched that? I don't know what that is. No, but it didn't get picked up for another season, though, did it? No, no, but yeah. it's it's not a show that's episodic. Like you don't have to. It doesn't has has no story really to it, so you don't have to watch. You know, it, there's no cliffhanger by any means. Um, what it is, it's very very strange. It's Christine McConnell is like a sort of pinup model slash crafter slash Instagram celebrity who got sort of famous because she transformed her house into like a big demon. She put big eyes on the front and teeth on the porch. And you've probably seen it online where her house looks sort of like a big monster. Uh, sort of like the house in Monster House. But the show is like she has her own... Um, it's almost like Better Homes and Gardens or like... Um, I'm trying to... Martha Stewart type thing. But she's like... She dresses like a pinup model, sort of. But she, it's like 1950 show. But she lives with like a dead raccoon that she brought back to life. A werewolf. And a a uh, mummy cat and those are like they're all puppets done by jim henson's uh studio and the show is like she shows how to make like food that looks like um like like satan's horns or um cupcakes that look like brains and that kind of stuff but it's done very in a funny sort of dry humor way where these the werewolf and the cat and stuff sort of help her and they they provide funny commentary and in between the segments where they're showing how to cook, like they're up to, they, they like kidnap a neighbor and strap him to a table and threaten to kill him or different things. <laughs> and, uh, and and she's very calm and and it, it's very much like um like Adam's family or the Munsters where she has mm. this big crazy house and uh, he's like I said there's a ra- there's a raccoon that's been killed and it has a fork as a hand and it's sort of the uh, the humorous uh, show so. Yeah, I recommend it. I guess if you don't, there's no cliffhangers. You aren't going to miss anything. Uh, it's okay. It didn't get picked up for the season, but it's really cool. What's it called again, Tad? Series Creations of Christine McConnell. Christine. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it got me in like the Halloween mood because it's definitely like a October setting, like very spooky, but very cool. So, yeah, that's everything I watched. Awesome. Cool. So now we can uh, we can get into to, uh, this episode's topic, and our topic is again the year 1968. So we got three movies to talk about. 1968. Yes, it's a long time ago. It is. Uh, so I'm gonna turn it over to Andy to uh, start the conversation about our first movie tonight. Mm, okay, the the first movie that we're going to talk about is Death Laid an Egg.
there's something dark, something strange inside of me that forces me to act quickly without thinking. the flames in her eyes, but I loved Gabriel, so soft and warm and sweet. I wanted her. Oh God, I wanted her. I couldn't get away, even though I tried. There was no time. They were after me. They spied on me. They knew about me. I've got to do it right away. Right away. Now. The plan was so clear in my mind. Complete. Perfect. I had to find some way to get out of this. And there was only one way, one way. Everything around me was rotten. The society, the people, everything. Just as everything was rotten inside of me. No one noticed. No one saw that I had made my decision. There was only one way to destroy the clouds of dread that obsessed me. Only one way. To be free. Anna. Anna. Gabriel. Anna. Gabriel. No, that's enough. out. Don't look. Death follows me wherever I go. I want to get out of this stupid farce. To get out of the empty room. Away from the nightmares, the fears, the desires of this absurd and horrible reality. Saunders, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, basically, this movie is about a love triangle that develops between this uh, chicken farmer, I guess, uh, named Anna and her husband, Marco. I'm not going to try to pronounce their names because they are, I think they're Italian and I can't pronounce them anyway, but... Uh, basically, supposedly, the, her husband, Marco, moonlights as a killer of prostitutes, and they have this 
very beautiful uh, secretary named Gabriella. Uh, Marco supposedly continues his rampage and as a moonlighting serial killer, as je- serial killer, as jealousy between the lovers continues to rise. Uh, first thing, um, I did not like this film. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh, no. Nope. Basically, <laughs> basically, they uh, they they tried to be like. They added so many plot twists into this, like they're trying to be witty, but they it, they they were just pissing me off by by this point. Um, I gotta ask, was the main title sequence composed by a four year old? The I mean, whole music like score was the, the fucking, fucking score. Fucking Holy shit! Whole, what was that? Yeah, the whole whole music score was just a cat running up and down the keyboard. I mean, and, just and like spoons off to the shelf, and uh, yeah, it's they're they're. Marco, he would be waking up, and he'd be putting on a bathrobe, and the music would be going, dun, 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 dun. calm the fuck down. <laughs> it, it's just this loud cacophony of, of just utter shit. I will say, I, just, I feel like they, they did uh, the score, they watched the movie, and they're like, how are we going to get people to stay awake during this? Let's just make a bunch of fucking noise the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I, I I have a niece that could pretty much pound on a piano and just be pretty much on par with with this the sound of this movie. Um, Jason, they, have you gotten the soundtrack to this one yet? No, and I won't. I think you uh, should. Just, uh, I I really. I couldn't make make sense because I mean it just it it would move too slow for me. Um, uh, man, just the, the best part of the movie is the title because I'm it's like, oh, Deathlight Nick, what is this? And that's as far as the uh, interest went for me. I mean, it it is the most accurate title for any movie <laughs> in the history of cinema. Like it's not lying at all, right? Um, and I love how the alternate title of this movie is called Plucked. That's a, also an equally awesome title. From where? The toilet? <laughs> oh. The uh, tagline is, we are not permitted to even hint at what happens, but it's more than murder. <laughs> I mean, the dog going into the chicken feeder. I mean, like, why? That was the most yeah. suspenseful scene of the whole movie, too. Like, Right, like, what's yeah. the dog doing up there? Yeah, we all knew it was going to happen. It this this movie's bonkers, but I think it it's biggest crime in, in any in any movie um its biggest crime could be you know that it that it's boring. This movie does drag yes. on unnecessarily uh through large portions of the film. Um you know, there's there's a lot of weirdness of this movie that i like but the uh, the the slow pace of it and and the nonsense scenes that serve no purpose to anything um really drag it down for me so but you know like yeah the score is is just nonsensical and i get a kick out of that the I love because I'm I'm a huge Italian horror movie fan. I love Jalo films, and it's obviously um, dipping its toes into the you know, the Jalo genre. And I love how it's a Jalo movie that is not a Jalo movie. 
Like, um, you talk. I about, noticed that you talk about how he's a he goes out and kills women, but is he really? Yeah, but Spoilers he does have for the uh, end of the movie. But he does have a pair of black leather gloves. I mean, you have to have a black pair of leather gloves in order to have a Jallo movie at this point. Right. I think. I think that's like a. Um, yes. And bad dubbing. But, and bad oh. dubbing. Yeah. Bad dubbing and like really weird dialogue. <laughs> the dialogue in this was. I mean, I. It was. I, I'll say I love this movie. I really did like it. So uh, yeah, Jason oh. just said. Jason just said we've started talking Death Lady and Egg. We need your positivity. So <laughs> yes. I think I jump back on. I just thought it was so ridiculous and charming. But I love that stuff. Those are the things that um, you know, Giallo and like I said, the bad dubbing and the bad dialogue, and you just don't know what the hell these people are talking about. And then then add in a chicken farm. A chicken farm. Yeah. Come on. You can't go wrong that? with that. I they, know. I don't know. And they I did love, go wrong with it. <laughs> like, like the whimsical photo shoot in the chicken farm. I was like, where's this movie gonna go? <laughs> oh, exactly. You don't know. And it went nowhere. I, I will say the same things probably you guys would say about it, but I will say it with some positivity. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm with you. On, I, I, I like... All the things that you're saying, I'm just saying. I feel like it's it's biggest crime, and which loses a lot of points for me is that it just drags on. It's just it's it's rather boring and does nothing for quite a good chunk of the movie. But when you get the scenes like the mutant chickens with no heads, yeah, um, that I'm just like, and then and then he goes back and just and she's like. Don't you do anything, but I'm going to leave you alone. Don't you dare kill these chickens, even though I know you want to. And I'm just going to leave you alone with these chickens. And then what's the first <laughs> thing he does is he pops them like pinatas, you know? And yeah. Like, that whole sequence was batshit crazy, and I and I loved it. You know, it's, just, it's those little set pieces like that, you know, that it's like, and what purpose does it have to do with anything that's going on in this movie? None. And so it's great, but it just there's just so much in between all of that that really that where nothing's happening that really drags it down, and and like I was saying before, like I mean I love Jalo films, I love Italian films, and I love their wacky camera style. Um, how in filmmaking you really should never do in camera zooms and in in camera you know, zoom in zoom outs and pans and stuff like that and and i was getting nauseous i can imagine watching <laughs> this movie in the in the theater in the first 10 minutes of the movie where every single shot was a fast paced move where it was a zoom in a zoom out a fast pan to the left a fast pan to the right or up or down it's just the camera was all over the place and it was nauseating it's it's like they were trying to be really italian and really stylistic without <laughs> yes. the skill or knowledge on how to be stylistic yeah they were trying to like bend the genre i think they were trying to kind of put their own thing into it but then the music at first i was like i'm really digging this music and then by the end i was like oh my god this music is killing me <laughs> <laughs> yes. i thought maybe someone I, dropped like a box of silverware upstairs and I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> somebody was like stepping on a couple guitars or something i don't know <laughs> Cat was running across the piano, you know. Well, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> understand some of the decisions that they they were making. Like like Marco, he wakes up, Hello. he goes down to the lab, he spills something. Now, if you're in a lab, are you just gonna willingly smear your hands all over this shit? 
Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it just do, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, like for instance, like Marco, he he goes to the to the hotel at one time to meet up with one of these hookers, right? And her name's Monica, and she actually has the most hilarious looking pair of shades I've ever seen. And first of all, is the sunlight so bad inside that you know hotel that she needs to be wearing shades in the first place? I mean, I don't understand some of the decisions that were made in this movie. It just I can't wrap my head around it. And and there were a few things that had no bearing whatsoever on the movie. And the first one is that the workers were so angry. Like that that oh, went yeah. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Nowhere. It's like, okay, yeah, they're out of a job. Like are we supposed to think they're somehow gonna be nefarious, but they never come back, although they are like a little gang of <laughs> like thugs standing outside. Like look like, like they're ready. Don't... Yeah, you don't ready see for many... West Side Story or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't see too many people on, you know, too many workers, you know, when we're talking about a very huge, you know, chicken farm, too. You know, it's like uh, five guys can handle all this. When, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think a couple machines could have taken over. I, I, I watched this movie just yesterday, and, like, the guys that already... Uh, expressed their not fanness of this movie, <laughs> and then Becca said she kind of liked it. So I'm like, well, shoot! I, the guys were really making it sound like the world's biggest turd. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was somewhere. I thought it was going to be like Invasion of the Blood Farmers or something oh, like no. Bad no, Bad. No, no, and I'm no. like, oh, it's actually a well. Well, I mean, uh. In money comparison was, to Blood Farmers. Yes, money was spent, <laughs> real cameras were used, real actors and actresses were used, like the quality... Real chickens were used. Real chickens were used. <laughs> yeah. so, I didn't think got, it was as bad as, except as the you guys were making it were real. out to sound, but I just saw it more as um, an exercise in style... I had, you know, like, I'm with Andy, I don't, the decisions were, didn't make sense. But then Mike says, every time I say that, Mike's like, hey, it's Italian, who cares? Yeah. You know, I was, oh, I so I, I don't like have to look. the whimsical nature of Italian things, like, they're not afraid to try things, and maybe that's what I like about it. Yeah. And I did like that, I did feel like it was going to be one of those style over substance movies where in the end, it yeah. was just like, you know, done play some weird music and that's it but it did actually like wrap it up i was really surprised that it actually did like explain things and <laughs> had like an ending to it if you stayed around for the ending guys <laughs> you were still awake if you paid attention to the end well i think you know the ending should have been i think they should have taken the master print and actually thrown that into the chicken processor oh right. my <laughs> so, so have you guys ever been at a party and decided just to clear out a room and have a room of truth as a fun party game? <laughs> Every weekend. That sounded like That's what this podcast right. is. Yep. <laughs> I watched this with a friend and he was like, is this some like, did they have film school back then? This seems like someone's project in school. Like they tried really hard to. They, they saw like one Italian film, and they're like, "I can do an art house film." And they just like they had to finish the score overnight for their final. So they 
just you know slammed a bunch of instruments around the room and made a bunch <laughs> of really quick crazy edits and like shit i still have to fill like you know not, like 10 more minutes let's add a few more like weird ass shots and stretch this uh title sequence out as long as we can and yeah it just yeah is he now still he- your friend Yes. <laughs> okay. That's a good. Question. I left a barbecue with him tonight to get to be on the podcast. So. Oh, did you give him a few chickens without heads? <laughs> no, no. He he was like, I, I was like, oh, I've got to go to record the podcast, and he's like, uh, oh, you talking about that movie? I'm like, this is <laughs> one of them. So I think I'm. You, a, I, guys, think I said it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, do you guys think that, like, let's say that this was called? Um, you know, death, uh, death comes to town or something. And, and the factory was actually just like some sort of factory or like a clothing store or something like that. Do you think that you would have had a little bit better, um, like impression of it? Like to me, I hear death laid an egg. I'm thinking it's going to be like some like rompy, like Russ Meyer thing or something. (laughs) And then, and the, the chickens were just, I mean, why chickens? Why would these people buy a chicken farm? And what did the chickens have to... I, obviously, the writer or director or somebody knew someone who had a chicken yep, farm yep. and wrote it around that. Yep. But just even to call it death-laden egg, I mean, that's just so ridiculous. Yeah, see, I don't know. that. To me, that's the redeeming qualities of the film is the, the crazy-ass title and the fact that it takes place on a chicken farm. Yeah, that's the only like, novelties to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if they, if they were to make it a little more traditional standard, I don't. I would be even less into it. I think. Me too. Yeah. Probably wouldn't even have watched it. Probably not. no. Probably not. Because as soon as I saw that title, I'm like, "Yep, on the list." Yeah, and I'm convinced that it's because Tad. We recently discussed how it's. We've had it pretty good <laughs> for go. the last few episodes. <laughs> Mike hasn't given us any stinkers. Well, we spoke too soon. Mike had to lay an egg on us. He did. That's right. That's right. Andy, you were saying before well, that you, <laughs> you were saying before Andy that you you didn't. I heard you say something about you didn't think those like those chicken balls with no heads were real. But I don't know, buddy. Right? You yeah, know when they were holding that. one of them and the feet were twitching. Uh, there's no 1960s Italian special effects that look that good. And the fact no, that it was 1960s Italian cinema. Long before the ASPCA, <laughs> I think those things were real, and he really smashed those those poor headless chickens. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like I said, headless chickens—it doesn't, you know, it has no bearing to the story what, yeah. whatsoever. It's just—that's uh, why I love that I think, scene. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, it's God damn it. I mean, it's. I think that the only thing that I'm going to take from this is like that that room of truth thing i'm gonna have everybody come over to my you know a bunch of my friends come over to my house and i say we're gonna play room of truth that's a good way to help them move furniture if i if i if i need to paint the fucking room or something okay <laughs> yeah. you know, like, all right we're gonna play room of truth okay move all this shit over here and okay nice. all right now grab a brush help me paint yeah <laughs> you dumbasses and <laughs> What was the point, too? I mean, I, I guess it was what ended up killing the wife, but what was the point with his, quote-unquote, killing the prostitutes and then not really killing prostitutes? I didn't get that. Was that just so that we had black gloves? I am assuming I think it was maybe like a it was, weird, yeah, it was he's a, like a fetish, weird fetish or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a fetish, but I mean, that to me, that was like, oh, twist. 
except for it's yeah. really stupid, but yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like I said, it's a Jalo movie that's not a Jalo movie because, you know, spoiler alert, all these scenes of him killing these women, come to find out they were just faking it the whole time. They weren't really. Oh, he killed, killed me two times last week. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as she said that line, I'm just like, oh, crazy Italian dialogue. That makes no sense. And then. Uh, yeah. Oh. And it, really oh, no, she, she literally meant that. Oh. <laughs> yes. Screw that. Give me that scene in Tenebrae where that chick gets her arm chopped yeah. off. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Was speaking about the crazy dialogue, too, if... If I heard them say the association one more time, <laughs> like I think they say the association more than they say Michael in the Lost Boys. Whoa. I'm just saying. Oh, Whoa. Man. Is that possible? Okay, I'm just going to throw this out here. That looking at the credits, there is an art director. Um, there is There's a makeup department, but it's just makeup artist and hairstylist. There is uh, there's no special effects uh, department <laughs> yeah. in here, so let's just let's just say maybe those really are headless chickens. I mean, you theoretically could like cut the chickens' heads off and they'd twitch around for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, but they kind of looked like I think like large chickens. balloons filled with with water and then with feathers glued on them. But when you saw those chicken yeah. legs kicking, those were those were chicken legs, man. I think they breed chickens to not have heads. I'm not. I wouldn't real. be surprised, honestly, real that thing. that could be a real thing. Yeah. And the whole time when they're talking, when when um, he first spills the the stuff in the lab, and everybody's like, "Who did this? Who did this? This is going to cause genetic problems or whatever." And and <laughs> did you do that? And he's like, "No, I didn't do it." And uh, the whole time I'm thinking. And then when it gets to the part with the the balls of chicken with headless chickens. I'm thinking, oh, if only this movie would all of a sudden turn into this like giant mutated monster yeah. chicken that wasn't starts that killing yes. people. Toxic waste or something. Dang. Yes, if this was an American movie. That was yeah. where it would have yeah. gone. Yeah, it would have gone Night of the Lepus, you know, a little bit. That'd yeah. Nice. Oh man. No, I'm not seeing anything online about breeding chickens with no heads. There was the one Mike, the chicken that lived for 18 months without a head, but that that was it. So. Mm. Just you know, just saying. I I tend to think maybe they like had some kind of like balloon thing and put a chicken in it. <laughs> maybe that's what they did. Uh-huh. But see, wouldn't that take an effects person? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. And maybe we're thinking a little bit yeah. too much of this. Yeah, we're thinking of this movie way too much. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to thanks, push. Mike. You are. I, hey, all thanks, welcome. Mike. You're I welcome. I woke up the other morning and I sat there and drank my coffee and watched this and I found it very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Good. She might be the first. All right. Yes. I, I actually wanted to start drinking. <laughs> and yes. I've been sober for 13 years. Yeah, that actually was the, that was the rough part is that I was doing this in the morning because I think it, it would have been much more enjoyable with some wine. But the fact that all I was drinking was coffee was amazing. <laughs> Should have Irished it up, maybe. Yeah. All right, so we can move on to our next film now. Tad, what's our next movie? Our next movie is The Devil Rides Out. Rex, do you believe in evil? As an idea, 
Do you believe in the power of darkness? That's a superstition. Now there you are wrong. The power of darkness is more than just a superstition. It is a living force which can be tapped at any given moment of the night. Why, on one night of one year, should these people live in mortal fear? Christopher Lee as Doricia, who knows he must fight the devil's power to the death. Oh my God. Don't look at the eyes, Rex! Eyes, eyes, once filled with love, are consumed with fear. For Tanith is now promised to the devil. Listen carefully to what I say. This is Makata, the devil's chief disciple. Your will is leaving you, slipping away. The Devil Rides Out, from bestseller author Dennis Wheatley's famous novel, fills the screen with a special kind of visual terror. Oh, you think quickly! Back to back, join hands! You will hear his evil. You will feel his evil. You will see his evil. We once kept sight of his face. Woo! The Devil Rides Out is a Hammer film starring Christopher Lee. And it's... I won't explain the entire story, but it basically uh, revolves around something I sort of talked about earlier in what we watched. Um, sort of like a satanic cult. We open up with a shot with these two guys going to a party... They seem to sort of have a uh, hunch that something's going on here. It's a private party, and they're asked to leave because they're not members. They disrupt it. They disrupt the ceremony. They end up uh, finding out it's a it's a sort of gathering for a cult, an occult, and uh, interrupt it, and it goes from there. It's it, I like this one quite a bit. I'm assuming uh, you guys have some of you have seen this before. I, this I is not. no. This is a first time watch for me as well, and I'm kind of shocked that I've never seen it before. Being a Hammer film, and the fact that, um, like, as soon as the movie started and the and the music score kicked in, I'm like, I know this song. I know this song. And Phantomas, yeah. Mike Pint, um, Mike Patton, one of Mike Patton's bands, Phantomas did this awesome album called Director's Cut, where it was all it was all like theme songs, theme songs from different movies, and he they did this that song um on that album devil rides out and it's and even the original version is freaking awesome you know so um obviously uh, this movie's had some notoriety so yeah the opening of this is the opposite of death light egg where it's really cool has cool music (laughs) and cool title (laughs) sequence it's like yeah 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 it's what you're supposed to do with the movie Yeah. yeah yeah it starts out similar to like the aip productions in at the during the same time period 
you know, lots of musical fanfare and artistic imagery, and I, I dug it. And I was really excited when I saw that it was written by Richard Matheson, you know, yeah. because yeah. He, yeah. he wrote, you know, I mean, freaking House of Usher, Pit in the Pendulum, the uh, Legend of Hell House, Duel, you know. Um, I was just like, all right, man, I'm in. I'm, I'm, di- I'm ready to see this. And I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I really loved it too. Um, it is probably now I'd have to say maybe my favorite Hammer film. Now that I finally have gotten to see it, and, oh wow! Yeah, I'm with you. And Richard Matheson's one of my favorite writers. Uh, you know, for me, um, Last Man on Earth Last is, man. is uh, yeah. one of my favorite pieces of literature ever. But uh, uh, you know, um, but yeah, like this to me is um, if Hammer did a Marvel movie. <laughs> Christopher Lee would would be this would be the Doctor Strange movie with Christopher Lee as Doctor Strange. <laughs> For real, like he was just so cool in this he movie. Was so awesome. And it, what's 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 nice is you don't have a protagonist that's always ten steps a, ten steps ahead of the bad guys. Like the bad guys, they do, the good guys don't seem to ever really catch a break through most of this movie. Like they're yeah. just playing catch up the whole time. Yet Christopher Lee is like, well, they're doing this. So we could have got to counteract it with this. So just his like knowledge of this like a cold walking and, encyclopedia, you know. Yeah, and and just his coolness about everything yeah. and his sense of urgency, you know. Like this, this was a this was like a hammer superhero movie for me. <laughs> and he was he was always he always gave off like like that debonair kind of flair, dude. It's just like he was like he was he was cool. So looking. cool. So he just, cool. He was just you know he was just real suave, you know just. A bad dude. So, and when they go to that party, and and, and um, their friend invites them in, and they see the big group of people. As soon as I saw Charles Gray on screen, yeah. I wanted to shout, "The man you're <laughs> about to see has no fucking neck." Yep, yep. Blofeld from uh, what? Diamonds Are Forever? Or? Nah, fuck that. He's uh, the criminologist from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's he works for Spectre too, man. Oh, that's fine. I'm just saying regular picture show. You're not gonna start doing the time warp, are you? He might. Too late. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first thing I looked up. I was like, I know that guy. How do I know that guy? <laughs> Great, Scott. <laughs> like yeah. wait, I know him, you know? <laughs> um, so this movie, I guess I'm in the minority here, so I'll just shut up for most of this. But I found this kind of boring. I really like Hammer movies. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them when I was a kid. Um, but I felt I wrote down, especially with the car chase, it felt like a very long episode of The Avengers. And I don't mean the Marvel <laughs> Avengers. I mean The Avengers, 1960s. And I love that show. You know, we're talking like Emma Peel, that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, in... A couple of the people actually were from, uh, they had been in the Avengers when I found that out. But um, I thought this was kind of boring. I don't know. But maybe here's the thing. I went to see Ready or Not, which spoilers, it's a cult thing. There's there's Mm -hmm. devil satanic cults. Uh, Sorry if you guys haven't, you know, the listeners haven't seen it. But I went and saw that, and then I came home immediately and watched this, and I was like, whoa, this isn't nearly as cool as the last Satanic movie I watched. (laughs) Sure, sure. I I Yeah, minority. (laughs) (laughs) 
I uh, love the I love like watching Christopher Lee Christopher Lee uh, you know when he's acting and he's driving. Did you notice the way he was steering? His ass would have been all over the fucking road. I'd it's rather always take my... like that. Is that like a pre-power <laughs> steering thing or yeah. something? Yeah. I guess I guess so, man. Because I'm looking there, I'm just like shit. I'd rather take my chances with the Colt, man. I'd be like, get out of his there. <laughs> Get out of his way. Uh, <laughs> Christ. Um, I thought the smoke rising out of the goat from from the floor was cool. I mean, you could tot- when they do the close-up, you can totally see that it's, you know, coming out, you know, just holes in the floor. But I just thought that, you know, the, the effects that they had in this movie for the time that it was yeah. made was probably really damn good. And I laughed my balls off when he punched his, uh, when the windows uh, fogged over. In the, in the car case. And the way he did it, he was just like, fuck this windshield. Fuck this. And he just punch, punches it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, there was yeah, like green screen type stuff going on with the car. And I thought they, yeah, the oh, effects yeah. were pretty kick ass. Okay. So here I'll just, I told Jason that there was one thing that, I, that made me laugh hilariously. And it was myself. It was a joke that I made. And we'll see if anybody else gets it. Mm-hmm. When it, when the two guys, the main guys, they open up whatever it is and they unleash the, what I don't even know what it was called, the big black guy with the smoke and he looked like a genie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yelled, Big Jim Slade! <laughs> anybody get that? <laughs> oh, man, nobody gets that? Mm. Kentucky Fried movie! Oh, oh nice! Yes, oh, yeah. yes! All right, like, now I do. Yeah, because, yeah. So, yeah, that was the most entertaining. That is the most entertaining part of the movie for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when that moment happened, I'm like, it's just a, it's just a black man standing there. There's no, there's well, no creepy makeup on him or anything. Not even. What the one was fucking creepy as shit. He I just kept kind of smiling yeah. at them. Like, I thought it was really creepy way. Oh, scared yeah. the shit out of me. Like a nasty, like a nasty looking Kazam or something, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. I'm with you guys. Like I could not look away from Christopher Lee and his performance in this. I have a, a definite dark. I have a blind spot in my history of Hammer films, and I haven't seen very many, sadly. And I haven't either. Holy fuck, man! You're not alone. I, this is probably my favorite of the three we watched. I just, I just couldn't blink when Christopher Lee was on screen. I was totally into the story and everything, and I thought it was fucking and that, awesome. And that's the thing for a Hammer film, even you know. I don't and know what I've that seen quite. I've seen quite well. It's the '60s. We just got done talking about Deathly's and Egg kind of dragging on. You know, there's the a lot of go- gothic imagery, a lot of slow pace, yeah. a lot of dialogue scenes. This Which movie, cool. this movie from the get go starts and does not stop. It yeah. is like chasing chasing each other around through the whole freaking movie. Yeah, like the bad guys coming for coming for the good guys the good guys run away from the bad guys yeah. the bad guys you know yep. come after the good guys again the good guys go to get their friends back and it's just back and forth the whole thing um i don't know how i feel about like the, the time travel ending personally you know but uh yeah hell it gave a good that was, ending that, that was, was okay I just, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was too yeah but it was too sad to lose that girl 
You know, well, like, that's just telling Tanith. you. She needed to get her satanic baptism so she could get rid of that stupid name, Tanith. Well, <laughs> what kind of name is that? To you, for for you, that's that should be telling you, man, that uh, this movie worked for you on a character level. If you felt that she needed to survive, <laughs> you know what I mean? is that like a Shakespeare character going out and sunbathing? I need to Tanith. Oh my god! Oh jeez! Need to Tanith my legs and. And I love too. I love the scene where they're in the circle, and then the giant tarantula attacks. Fuck and, yeah! You know, and the the you know death on the Eight horse attacks, death. and yeah, I just love it. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, those effects are pretty. Yeah, um, I just know that I need looking, to keep but... a pocket full of crosses. I can just throw at the bad That's things, right. and yeah. they explode when you hit them. Very very large ones as well. But, I mean, those were not pocket sized crosses. <laughs> even the devil dude was. Goat dude guy oh, was yeah. awesome. He was awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, and I love how he did, he was just there stoic and like, yeah. he did nothing, like all the evil, oh. all the evil imagery just don't, doesn't do anything. They just stand there and be creepy. But, um, all crisscross applesauce with I, his hooves and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I really feel like this movie created its world and its rules within its world and stuck to those rules. I mean, that's a lot of my problem, I feel like, when you really get into supernatural elements in movies, especially yeah. in this day and age um, with with a lot of the ghosty movies that they could just do whatever they want because they can just write it off as, well, it's supernatural. We don't right. have to explain things. But this is like, it really feels like you know, every time Christopher Lee just happened to have like the right tool to get out of the situation, it felt like... It was proper and not a convenient way out. You know what yeah. I mean? I agree. Never Loved really it. Fit into the world. I mean, and and he was given like uh, he was like given a seminar every time he opened his mouth too. He was just like, <laughs> well, this is this and this is this, but I but I didn't feel like I was like you know being preached to or anything. You know, you know what I mean? It's just like he was so smart in this movie. I just his his whole perform I think Chris Belief's whole performance in this movie was just really, really good. I Definitely. dug it. I just read on the IMDB trivia that Roddy McDowell was scheduled to play the character of Simon. That's their friend that they oh, that, that was oh, part of wow. the part of the the, the thirteen. And he was great trying to rest up. Would have been that guy was great, but you know what? I'm sitting here watching. When I was watching it, I'm thinking he's kind of. Wrong. I had a. I had, he was yeah. like he's kind of you know he's kind of reminding me of Ronnie McDowell. Oh, uh-huh. just Wouldn't how much have. better that would have been if it was though. The devil rides out. It's on YouTube. Oh yep. man! So you all good can quality watch it. too. Didn't yeah. you say it was a yeah? I think it was a 1080p. 1080p. Yeah. Well, really Tad good. hasn't Tad yeah. introduced the movie, but he hasn't said much about it. Oh no! Oh, I I said I liked it. Okay, uh, okay. It was really. I mean, I really didn't have much else to add to what you guys are saying. It's like I don't want to just repeat what you're saying because it was definitely you know Christopher Lee's badass and cool in this. Uh, and now that you mention you know it being sort of like a Marvel movie with him as Doctor Strange. Is, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, that, the way you put that together, that's genius, man. Yeah, it's awesome. So, you mean, it's, it's you know, your um, average of seeing a Christopher Lee movie, you know, you know, it's at least going to be entertaining, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Cool, and have you had much experience with Hammer films? No, not really at all. Okay, 
All right. No box set that you haven't opened yet. <laughs> no, I, okay. no, I have. I have like there's there's a couple hammer or Blu-ray sets on my w- Amazon wish list, but um, yeah, I don't I don't own any. We need to do a hammer this, episode. I feel this is um, I this is uh, really Brian good. Chris, this is an awesome Christopher Lee movie, but I mean it doesn't quite beat The Wicker Man for me. But uh, oh no, I'm not saying it's, it's, like it's my favorite Christopher Lee, but no, you know, yeah. like I said in general. Uh, even the worst Christopher Lee movies better than Death Laid an Egg. So. <laughs> That's a fact. But, Ma- but Mike, you yeah. said it's your favorite God. hammer. Whatever. Haters. Haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I'm, now, I'm not super versed in Hammer, oh. but I've, uh-huh. seen, I've seen a good handful. Um, and I know there's a lot I've seen that I don't even remember, but and, you know, I've seen a couple of the Lee Dracula movies. I've seen um, a few of the Frankenstein movies. Um, I've seen what's that one vampire movie? Count uh, Yorga. Yorga. Yeah, Yorga. Yeah. I've seen that I've one. Seen, um, I've seen seventy-two A.D. I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen like the early Lee ones, like uh, Satanic Rites of Dracula and whatever the is the first one just called Dracula. I don't be. even remember. Um, so I've seen, I've seen a handful, um, but like this one, I, I, I just found, I just found, again, like pacing wise, it's just, it's, it's just go time to the whole movie. Even when it does have moments of like exposition and dialogue and stuff, it's still, things still feel like they're, they're moving along, you know, just where a lot of times, you know, especially with some of those, like, you know, with them doing universal monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein, so on. There's just so many scenes of just like let's stop and talk. So, got a little bit of that monsters uh, fast motion with, during the car chase scene. <laughs> that I noticed, mm-hmm. but Shay, I that, I don't mind that. I think that's kind of fun. All right, so one more movie, right? That's right. What's the uh, last movie we're going to talk about? The Jason? last one we're going to talk about, which also has a little bit of monster fast motion running in it. <laughs> uh, this movie yes. is called Corruption. There are shock-making scenes in Corruption. We advise you not to come alone. Run. 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 You can't escape the thrills, the terror of corruption. That's it. Freak out, baby. Come on, that's it. We repeat our advice. No woman should come alone to see corruption. I've got what they call a warm personality. Mind you, I don't believe everything people say. The suspense could be too much. I'll call the police. I'll tell them you're mad. Who do you think they'll believe? You or me? Corruption. The title speaks for itself. Brace yourselves for a real thrill shocker.
A doctor goes to extreme lengths, even murder, to restore murder? to restore the badly burned face of his fiance. Directed by Robert Hartford Davis. That's what I know. I like this movie. It's pretty good. I was in the moment it started, like that really nice, like Technicolor. The music yeah. was great. The way that, like, mm. the font and everything that was coming up on for the uh, titles. Yes. Loved it. Loved it. Yes, and this is the most '60s movie out of the three. That oh we have. yeah, that, oh, this, yeah. Is, this is the yeah the Austin Powers party. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But it Absolutely. it had kind of the same thing as the last one where Peter Cushing is the fucking man and like yeah. when he's on screen you just he steals it he's awesome yeah you movie. just can't yeah. stop watching him he's in so this movie. good yeah at the very beginning I was like oh my god I'm, the very first thing I'm looking up is what is the age difference between him and this <laughs> woman and why did they choose to cast him like this and then like it, it's very apparent very very early on why they did it it's not just a thing of like well we could get this guy that has a name so we're just going to try to pretend like he's younger or something because age plays into it so yeah and i yeah, was so proud of him great. when he decided to go to the party and he was really trying he was he's trying, trying to be cool and hang he's out trying. yeah and i mean fucking photographer know, some of, asshole some of us who uh yeah some of us who like graduated school in the 90s i mean <laughs> we might have that problem with parties sometimes right yeah yes <laughs> I noticed that he woke up in like the middle of Masterpiece Theater. Did you notice that? From his nap. And he Is woke up with a book like? in his lap. I mean, that's what he looked I mean, it literally looked like I was just like, Is this fucking Masterpiece Theater? Uh, this one, I will say, I really love this one. I love the main girl on this. Yep. In this, She was in... I, was the main one? Is she the one that was in some of the Doctor Who stuff? I'm not like super... Or is it the know. sister? She and the sister look exactly alike. They, by the they, they definitely could. They yeah. were both great and they definitely look like sisters. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, th this one, it, it was so predictable. It really was. From like, I mean... When this first started, like, and you know she's going to get burned, you know exactly where this is going. I mean, they have heavy yeah. foreshadowing, everything, but it didn't bother me at all because I just thought it was like the characters were great. Peter Cushing was great. Um, I, I thought this, like, flowed really well. Now, I will agree with you guys. I watched the trailer. Trailer <laughs> misrepresents just a little so, bit. Just a little. Oh my god, that but trailer! Yes, th this actually looks more like a Giallo trailer yeah. <laughs> than anything. That trailer, I I thought we were gonna get into like like a seventies rape revenge movie. Yeah, you almost right. didn't pick no it. No woman huh. wants to go home alone or whatever. Like what? And the whole trailer what? is just women screaming and and. Peter Cushing, chasing Peter them. Cushing either chasing him or pawing all over him. Like, so I'm like, gross. what? What do we? I don't want to see Peter Cushing being a no. rapey dude. And then it's nothing like that at all. Yes. No. Yes. No. I did have a moment in the movie where I'm just like, I mean, I'm I'm in it. I love it. I'm following it. I'm all the way. Yes, it's predictable. I but I care about everyone. But there's a moment where I'm like, it's just vanity. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, you're really. This is all because you, all, just because of vanity. So I'm like, yeah, well, that's okay. a lot. Of, like, a lot you know, movies like this, that's a lot. That's usually how it plays out. Yeah. 
Well, here's my question, too. Okay, so he does whatever he does. He actually cuts the bad tissue off of her, puts other tissue on. Okay, I get, I, I get that. Okay, so maybe her body would reject it, whatever. Why does the new skin, when it starts to go, quote-unquote, bad, why does it turn into burned skin? It's science. Great you question. Yeah. Science. science. I'm no doctor, so I don't know. But what That's I, right. But what I do like about this I movie, mean, I'm not doing anything to guinea pigs in my like right. my weekend cabin or anything. You're not blowtorching guinea pigs to see, you know, <laughs> see if you can reconstruct but, their fur. But what I thought was really interesting with this movie that, I don't know, made it different than what I thought it was going to be is that the wife was in on it. Which was I thought really kick oh, ass, yeah. which really made it different. It wasn't yeah. like when yeah. she the was brain the that wouldn't motivator. die. That was just yeah. the scientist doing these terrible things for the son. Well, she didn't. Wife, she but... didn't start out being in on it, right? But it was like because she saw that she could be better. Yeah, then she got it almost like, like addicted, like, like it was a yeah. drug. Yeah, so I really yeah. liked that that she was part of it. Really made it different to me. There was that moment Did of dialogue too, where they where they were talking about. Uh, how this continual operation will drive her insane. Yeah. And so it's cool because we see that deterioration uh-huh. of her throughout this movie. Yeah. You know, it just starts off that, you know, she's she's practically suicidal because she feels she's not as pretty as because she once was. A part of her face. Yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> I get again, it, but... it's really vain and whatnot. Sure. Yes, but that's why this movie, our protagonists yep. have an unhappy ending <laughs> yep. because they are being vain it's it's their punishment i guess they're uh well, and not, e- not even being fate. vain they they do mention that like yes she could get skin grafting and could be fine but all of the skin grafts would eventually like break her down mentally and they would be painful or whatever so they were trying to find a shortcut and then they ended up taking the long road <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah but I you mean, know if they just would have gone with the standard medical procedure, she could have been fine yeah. somewhere along the line. But, yeah, they tried to take obsessed. a yeah, yeah, but Peter Cushing, that, you know, him killing people is not going to break him down mentally at all. No. You know? No. no. <laughs> I mean, the first notice? one was a prostitute. He could justify that. Really? Really? Just because she's a prostitute? Fine. <laughs> I yeah I I couldn't understand some of the musical decisions in this. I mean, like you're performing oh, no. reconstructive surgery and they're playing smooth jazz. You know, <laughs> they got like the happiest scary mu- music yeah. I've ever. Because like he's sneaking into their, in their, their, he's sneaking into that Terry girl's room from from the beach and he's gonna stab her. You know, because he's gonna use her pituitary gland and yeah yeah yeah. And it's just like yeah yeah. I'm like. Is he gonna start strutting into a room and do a little shimmy? I mean, it's just like it's yeah. the it's, it's weird music. I mean, it's not as bad as the one in Death Laid an Egg, mind you, but I think it's weird. definitely like a sign of the times and yeah. that kind of yes. film in general. Definitely, yeah, because yeah. that jazzy score reminds me a lot of early Corman productions too, like Little Shop of Horrors or. Um, bucket of blood and where yeah. all that yeah, but those are also like, parodies though i mean true those, you yeah know, those are meant to be comedic this is totally a straight serious movie true true well i don't know i i maybe question that a little bit there was you know you got like the character the the blonde character at the beginning at the party <laughs> i thought she was hilarious with this paint on her face that wouldn't yeah. leave anyone alone 
Yeah, <laughs> they were whatever they were talking about, and 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 she and she just starts asking if he's ever been to Texas or whatever, you know. Um, so there's 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 a little moments like that kind of laced throughout the movie for for comedic purposes, um, you know. But uh, oh, the uh, the thug who just like will do anything the guy who will ask him to do. Yes, <laughs> with like I, the yeah. sailors, the captain's hat. Yeah, yeah, I want. Tad to shave his beard into that like <laughs> no mustache like the Martin Van Buren the yeah. Martin Van Buren <laughs> totally. I want to see it I'm not doing it for you damn it. I, you made me you made me watch Death Laid an Egg so uh, you aren't getting chance. anything out of me crap all right did fine. anyone notice when he's performing that first surgery and he's having that other gal help him. And he's asking for like these surgical instruments that are just sharp as hell, and she's just <laughs> slamming, she's slamming this shit in his hand. I'm just like, Christ <laughs> Almighty! <laughs> I'm like, I like yelled, I'm like, easy with the scalpel, there, lady. <laughs> I was gonna say she could have took his fingers off, and nobody's, you ain't gonna perform shit after that. Well, he knows how to reattach them. Okay, mm. that's true. It's a, that just reminded reminds me of like when I was a when I was a kid, and you know, you would pretend to play like. Like you're a surgeon or whatever, you just happen to find some like some dishwashing gloves under the sinks. So you put them on and you're like, oh, I'm gonna play surgeon. <laughs> and you have like um, um, butter knives and stuff laid out on the tray. And you'd be like, you know, scalpel. And then I and then I just remember slapping that knife into my hand just to get that sound effect of the metal hitting rubber. <laughs> so maybe it was kind of the same mentality. Sounds like sound you had a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> You just now? I think that's how I'm going to make sandwiches from now on. You know, put on <laughs> rubber gloves. And that's how I'm going to butter my bread. Have Daniel uh, pad your face, like the sweat off your face. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're sweating mayonnaise. from all the, uh, yeah, mayonnaise. So, yeah, we kind of just kind of barely touched on it a little bit, but I wouldn't mind getting a little bit more into uh, when the, the cast of Star Wars shows up at the at the house. And one guy was just just like uh, Han Solo. It sounds oh, is that what? Oh, gotcha. Well, I mean, Grand uh, Grand Moff Tarkin is in this movie. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I'm just I'm thinking George Lucas was highly inspired for Star Wars thanks to this movie. With the with the laser, yeah. Is that like the uh, the for the Death Star? That's right. It's, it's lightsabers. It was a badass way to end it, though, with the lasers. Lasers I mean, just going crazy, ripping into the walls and shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, we we do have like a couple of severed heads in this movie. I mean, it does get pretty gory for as a relatively, you know, pretty gory for '68, don't you think? I mean, yeah, couple a little of bit, chopped yeah. off he- chopped off heads. You know, I mean, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, but how yeah. gullible is Rick? Just, you know, sit, where's it, yeah, I'm looking for his wife. Oh, just keep leaning over this cliff here where you right. have moving right. <laughs> 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 Look closer. Look closer. But she's so slick about it, but then when she comes back, she just can't keep her poker face. I didn't understand that. I think she was really losing it at yeah. that point. That like her brain was really deteriorating at that moment because like right before the laser thing, they they cut to her and the the acting choice on her at that moment where she gets wide eyed and shaking her head around, just has crazy face. Like that was way over the top, but I I, I think it was all like 
she's beyond the line of her mental yeah. states at this point. Yeah. It's pretty sure, good. True. Pretty good little movie. Yeah, yeah. and I, I did like, I said it was very, uh, um, I said it was predictable, but I mean, I didn't really think that the hitchhiker was going to have her own scam. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that, that me was a kind of a cool little yeah. twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't call that at all. Yeah. I thought that was, that was really cool. One moment. Yeah. This is also on uh, YouTube. Another 1080p. Yeah, another really good Beauti- quality. Beautifully shot. I mean, it's really gorgeous. Like, and especially okay. Uh, here, I'll just tell a little stupid thing about myself. I love to collect Barbies, and my favorites <laughs> are the mod era Barbies you that wore that kind of like the the orange and the you know like that just that really bright colored stuff. And so I just really love the way that looks, and I love the way it looks on film. Like it just, yeah, yeah, just the the bright like, you know, contrasty colors and that type of thing. Yeah. Oh, I just remembered that. Yes, I collect Barbies. Okay, well, judge. Me. No, why? Uh, you're talking to the right crowd as far as collecting. Yes, action figures, I'm like I have no shame. Things. I have no shame. No, we all collect hard. <laughs> what, Mike? No, I just instantly just now remembered the very very final moment of the movie. Yeah. Which again is like a time travel moment. What's going on? What's Wait, going what? on there? Yeah, that had the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, it goes back to the beginning of the party. Is it like? Oh right. Is yeah, he in hell? Dream. He's just repeating. Yeah, I don't know. Did he have or, his, Was that the dream he, he woke from? Right, yeah, exactly. Was that a whole dream sequence kind of thing, or yeah, I didn't get that. At God, all. I hope not. I hate movies that end like the. No, the so basically. Basically, all three of them go together because the first one and the third one both have killing prostitutes, and then the second one and the third one have like time travel. It's all part of my divine I just, plan. I just—that's yeah. right. You planned all of this, uh-huh. didn't you? Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. I just think they had a way to really end it strong with at the beach, you know, or whatever. So, like, that was just their creative way to put some sort of ending on it. I don't. I. I never saw it as a time travel thing in any way. Well, no, I was kidding about the oh. time travel, but I mean, it's it's obvious. I, I interpret it as one of two things: like the whole thing was a dream, and now he's in the reality, where like he's doomed to, you know, like destined to repeat everything, or he's in hell and he's destined to repeat everything. I don't know. Or, or the movie's runtime ran a little short, so they just recycled footage oh. from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, both those seem like cop outs to me, man. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. It just should have ended with that with that room burning and the laser going crazy. I yeah. thought that was just the perfect and ending. Them right all there. laying there dead. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the price of all their sins, really. I mean, just. Yep. Well, except for the one guy, um, the one character who kind of showed up at the oh, last minute. The the other the doctor, other doctor right? the other doctor that wanted to marry guy. her sister. Yeah. Like he kind of that's kind of sucks for him. Yeah. Yeah. Collateral, collateral damage in horror movies. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. This might be a movie that'd be kind of... You could go... Especially with that laser scene, you could go really, really nasty with it if it if you did a remake of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, just that moment when he is getting up and that laser spins around and hits him right in the eyes. And just oh. My, my mental oh, yeah. eye just was painting the most gross picture. I just think about the boys and his laser vision and 
there's some nasty <laughs> shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On that show from laser cutting, that was awesome. You got lucky that the two of the movies were good. I'll be honest, I was nervous <laughs> after I after I made my choice choices. I was a little nervous. Um, I hadn't heard of any of these. All three of them. I, I had either. All three of them. I made you know when I when I was looking through films, I just sat there and watched trailers. To all these all these different movies from 1968, and then doing research on which ones would be easily available to us, and it came down to these three. And just based on all three other trailers, I was I was nervous going in. I didn't uh, know, like corruption had me the obviously the most scared, <laughs> um, and I was worried it, Devil's Right Out would be you know kind of a snooze fest, and then like Devil or uh, Death Lays an Egg, like I was you were most right looking forward to sick fucker. <laughs> Speaking of these titles, I mean, it's just like, okay, Death Laden Egg makes sense, you know, considering with the chickens and shit, and Devil Rides Out, and that makes total sense. Corruption. Because it's corrupting her brain, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah, it it doesn't... it yeah. falls flat. It's it's bland. It's uh, oh, just the title itself is bland. Yeah, yeah. It's it just like the other two titles make sense for the movies that we viewed. It's just like corrupt- like it should have been corruption of something or yeah. Yes, I agree with but that. that. But the one the one word title was very popular back then. It's popular now. I hate one word titles. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing oh, it out there. It's my least. Yeah. Favorite. I don't. Doesn't mean I hate the movie. I'm just not a fan of one word titles. It'll like. It's kind of agreeing with uh, Andy here. It's just generic. Yeah. This is coming from a guy who made a movie who has a one-word title. Yep. <laughs> but yours was creative, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Deserved a much more creative title. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so, um, yeah, those are our movies. Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to... We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do some segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back, and it's time now for everybody's fourth favorite segment on the show. What? I know, there's only three. Uh, Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! 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 Hey, everybody! Just asked, you know, what your favorite horror films of the 1968? And here are your answers. On our Facebook group, the group edition, we had Chris Anderson says, Any answer that isn't Night of the Living Dead is the wrong answer. That's pretty true. Well, yeah. It's pretty good. If you're going absolute favorite, yes. Yeah. Well, you gotta kind of. Sometimes you gotta skim off the top. Sure, I think that's what happened to this. <laughs> um, then on our Facebook page, we got. I uh, uh, better skip that one because Mike told us the wrong year first. Okay. 
Oh, he says, uh, Derek John says, Night of the Living Dead, of course. Never liked Rosemary's Baby. Always agreed with Justin mm. on that one. Uh, will be interesting to hear other people's favorites. Love the show. Thanks, Derek. And I, and I can tell you, Mike had to step away for a second, but that's why we didn't do Rosemary's Babies, because Mike thinks it's boring and doesn't like it. So, which is too bad, because I, I just rewatched it, and I fucking loved it. Anyway, that's just me. We got Love grows where my rosemary goes. That's right. We got Brian J. Godsill. He says, I'd have to go with Night of the Living Dead. All these years later, and people are still making zombie movies. That's true. He's yeah. right. Then we got, oh, look, our top fan. Because I guess Facebook does that now. Um, our top fan, Regina Daniel, says, hands down, Rosemary's Baby. Yes, Regina, hey, you're hey, right. Hey. That is the best. My probably my favorite. Uh, this the suspenseful buildup, the anxiety, including gaslighting, and all is essentially for the bad guy to win in the end. Uh, classic satanic movies like this and Race with the Devil might not have been scary by a lot of people's standards, but I know for me, wherever you go, there they are. Scared me. Because you don't know who, how many, how far their reach is. There's no safe haven. That's a, that's scarier than any jump scare or ghost in a closet. I agree. She's well, right. Up next we got Ray Chow. He says, Rosemary's Baby. I had to Google it. I know, some of us, <laughs> some of us could just do the years like that. Some, we have to look. Fog of Death. Hey, that's uh, John. John, no, that's my. Uh, the, shoot, over on uh, uh, um, I got this. It's a uh, I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Fog and Death. He says, Witchfinder General. I know. Oh. I know not necessarily horror in the traditional sense, but what. Great movie. Vincent Price at his most sinister and a strong showing of what Michael Reeves could have been as a director had he lived. Also known as The Conqueror Worm. I don't think I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's decent. Yeah. Vincent Price, uh, he plays the bad guy. Whoa, I like that. Next up, we got Nick Leadham. He says, Rosemary's Baby is my favorite. But I also need to mention Kuroneko. K-U-R-O-N-E-K-O. Great movie, he says. I can't even pronounce it, so I will try to look it up. Jason Zvornik <laughs> says, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Good choice, Jason. We got Brian Clark, our old pal Brian Clark. He says... Dracula has risen from the grave because you can't go wrong with Hammer. The Green Slime because Richard Jekyll and Antonio Margariti and Toei's, Toei's, Toei's Studios and that awesome theme song. Uh, Margariti and Toei's Studio. Oh, I read that. The Brides of Blood because the yeah. Blood Island series are some of the best exploitation movies of all time. And although Terror is a man, technically kicked kicked it off, Brides 
is the one that really got the series cooking with loads of nudity and lurid gore and John Ashley being the third tier Frankie Al- Avalon of sleaze. I've not seen any of those, but I'm kind of feeling that hammer kick. I need to watch those. <laughs> and then lastly, yeah, lastly yeah, I like on, that. on our Facebook page, we got Trevor McAhenney says, Night of the Living Dead. Um, we didn't have anything on Instagram, but over on Twitter, we just had Customers Also Watched podcast at CAW Podcast. They said, since I'm sure most will say Night of the Living Dead or Rosemary's Baby, I'll go with The Astro Zombies. Yes, that's the one I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is shit, but resulted in the greatest <laughs> Misfits song ever, so it deserves credit for something. Awesome. And let's see, that's, uh, and if we, if we got a voicemail, it would go here. But hey, thanks, or not. Um, but if if you want to, you can always give us a call. Uh, leave us a voicemail, your comments. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. And that's shout-outs. All right, but it's not over yet. Still what? everyone's actual favorite <laughs> segment. It's time for Insane's Picks. <laughs> Alright, so for Insane's Picks, uh, for this episode, I'm going to do a film from 1991. Uh, it's written and directed by J.R. Bookwalter, Ooh. so I thought I'd go back to oh. Bookwalter book Walter book Well. Walter. What's that? Oh, I just said Bookwalter, because you were having trouble saying oh. his name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's typical me. Anyway, I'm going to be talking about Zombie Cop. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which is writ- written and directed by J.R. Bookwalter, also co-written by Matthew Jason Walsh, who um, has done a lot of writing for um, Book Bookwalter and, and also for Full Moon and stuff, movies like Bloodletting, Killer Eye, Kingdom of the Vampire. Um, filmed in Akron, Ohio. Uh, the story is one night during a drug raid, Detective Robert Joshua Gill confronts a strange voodoo priest named Dr. Death. Uh, the priest <laughs> slash drug lord performs a ceremony on Gill, and after both gun each other down, Dr. Death and Detective Gill rise from their graves, and now Officer Gill is a zombie, although he never really acts like a zombie throughout the whole film. Uh, Dr. Death is also resurrected and is on and has a new mission in mind to take over the world. The zombie cop enlists the aid of his old partner, Detective Stevens, to stop the mad priest. Um, now, there's no real zombie makeup in this movie. Like, when he comes back from the dead, they just kind of put pale face on him and, and a little black around the eyes and cheekbone. And then he kind of puts on his... Um, his signature gear for the film, he puts on a, a poli- regular police officer cop outfit, which he never wore at the beginning of the movie because he was a police detective. And then he wraps his face up in bandages like Darkman. So so that's his look through the rest of the movie. So it's more of a um, mummy cop, maybe, you could say? <laughs> um, the movie... 
the movie it's it's not very long, so you can get through it pretty quick. Um, but again, you know, shot on shot on video goodness. So uh, if you like that stuff, definitely I would recommend checking it yeah. out. Um, uh, there's there's some cringeworthy moments in this film, you know, rather kind of racist moments. Uh, the 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 co-writer Matthew Josh Walsh is uh, plays um, an Indian convenience store employee wearing brownish makeup and has a towel wrapped around, a, just a regular bath towel wrapped around Aww. his head. Yeah, yep. yeah, really yeah. tasteful. Yeah, I know. And when he first popped on the screen, I'm like, oh god, no. And I'm, all I could think of is like, please don't have any dialogue. Please don't have any dialogue. And then he has dialogue. And I'm like, oh god. And then they get past the scene in the convenience store. And like, please don't ever come back to this character. Please don't ever come back to this character. And they do come back to that character later in the movie. And I'm just like, no. And then also it's a little cringy, a little, you know, racy, racy uh, with Dr. Death's over-the-top Jamaican accent. Um, oh, no. Yeah. But the movie, all it is is just one big chase fight scene. Uh, as they continue to run into each other and fight back and forth, Dr. Death and the zombie cop, um, they shoot guns at each other, knowing full well it won't stop either of them. Um, although, like, Dr. Death must have, during his audition for this movie, must have shown, hey, I could do a really cool stunt where I fall backwards. And and it's, it's a really cool little stunt. Um, but he does it, like, 20 times in the movie. So I think he got cast just because he could do that little stunt. Um <clears throat> Uh, but then it culminates into the final fight in the woods where the zombie cop finally defeats Dr. Death by pushing him down this s- slight hill, uh, <laughs> and then he gets impaled on a, tr- on a tree branch. So, um, but again, yeah, it's shot on video, and, you know, if you have any love for the shot on video stuff, you know, I would always recommend check out Book Walter's stuff. You know, he, he either shoots, like, on video or, or, um, 8mm or, or along those lines, and uh, I always feel like his stuff, maybe not always in acting and, and story or writing, but production value always seems a step above a lot of the fare of like Cannibal, uh, Cannibal Camp Out or um, Splatter Farm and stuff of that ilk. So um, definitely a bit more of a technical, a better tech- technical director than some of those other guys. But... Uh, it's got awesome bad dialogue in it, such as you can stick that badge right up your rear. Um, <laughs> there's a moment where doc, part of Doctor Death's plan is to kidnap a bunch of uh, grade school kids, and he kidnaps this. He picks up this one girl, kidnaps her, is kind of holding her under under his arm, and she's kicking and trying to fight her way free, but never once screams from the moment she's picked up to the moment the zombie cop Weird. saves her. She never screams once. So, so that's Zombie Cop for you. Uh, it's a movie that uh, even J.R. Bookwalter and Matthew Jason Walsh regrets ever making and regrets <laughs> ever <laughs> distributing. So, but it, it's it, I still think it's fun. You can find it on YouTube in entirety. So check it out. You just picked shot on video because Becca was on, right? Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of which, Becca, thanks for being on the oh show. Oh my gosh! Woo! No problem. You have definitely raised the bar a bit um, on this show. The guys got to now step it up. How's that? Yeah, I because I, I like Death Laid an Egg. <laughs> I think so. Yes, that's that's one hundred percent it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so remind our uh, listeners where they can uh, where they can find you again. Well, I am on in the Micah Madness. You can find us on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, that's also where my spinoff show, SOBs Who Love SOV, is. Um, also on YouTube at Triple B Theater, and I have my own YouTube channel that. Well, I've been a little busy, so I haven't really done a lot with it lately, but it's called The Not Quite Final Girls, where I profile basically the chicks who don't final girl it in uh, in horror movies. So I, I dress up like a lot of these chicks, and I tell the story of their actress and their their character, and just have hmm. fun with it. Yeah. Cool. Sounds very cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. All right, so... Thanks, everybody out there for listening. Uh, and th- again, also special thanks to the attackers out there, those Patreon supporters of the show. And yeah, um, we will talk to you again on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer!